Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone. Uh, my name is Luke. I am your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is Mr. Andy Guy. Say hello, Mr. Guy Andy. Hey, I'm that Mr. Guy, a.k.a. Andy, here to talk about three huge nights of the G1 Climax 32. I can't believe it's over. It, it went so fast, yet not fast at all. It was uh, it was uh, a time warp of excellent pro wrestling. Yes, yes, it was. And to celebrate the end of the, the G1, like the end of the Best of Super Juniors, I have a little bit of wine. Actually, I think at the Best of Super Juniors, I had a lot of wine. This time I've got a little bit. So uh, we'll see how we go <laughs> as, we, as we go along. But yes, we are covering the, the last three nights of the G1 Climax. 32! And before we do that, though, there are ways people can contact us if they wish to or interact with us. Uh, neveropenpod at gmail.com for written or voice emails. We're on the Tweety. I'm at Grumpy2B. I'm at Grumpy2EB. Yep, that's the one. Mr. Guy is at Drusiver Tweets. And collectively, we are at NeverOpenPod on the Tweety thing. And uh, if you want to look never as fuck, you can. We have a Teespring store where you can buy merch, where you can do that. There you go. All done. Yes. Professionalism. Happy with yourself there? So. Yes. I feel like I did that so fast. I, I felt like Excalibur there for a moment. but uh, now Excalibur? It's... Okay. Like the sword? No, like the commentator. It's an oh, oh. Some right, people right, get yeah. that and be like, yeah, you said that all a lot quick and stuff mm-hmm. yeah anyway enough of enough of not AEW talk there's no news it's all g-run related or announced during the g1 so shall we start yeah that's what we're here to do is podcast about the wrestling right oh yeah we go into the fireworks factory like it's like <clears throat> we just pulled out of the driveway and it's one door down we and there we are the fireworks factory so it's the g1 climax Yes. Yeah, we're live from the Nippon Budokan. We've already okay. everybody knows about that. I mean, what what's your favorite live album recorded at the Nippon Budokan? What out, live album? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The only the, the, the Deep Purple one. Okay, I think that's one that exists. I mean, you know, I think the Dream Head. Theater playing. Uh, um, you know, Deep Purple is also a good one, too. They actually play a Deep Purple song, I think, on that album. But, uh, yeah, um, Nippon Budokan, obviously big deal as far as a uh, large venue. And it's packed. It's stacked. And before the show, uh, we get the, the triumphant return of GBH to come out and pump the crowd up. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, you know, and uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to sell the the game. So they sell the game. Um, but, Luke, this show's a little different than all the rest of them, right? Yes, uh, for two reasons. One, and this is a good reason, every show tonight on the first night we're talking about is a block match, every single one. So, whoa, I mean, the juniors did it five nights in a row, but I'm sure the, uh, I'm really call them seniors again, I'm sure the heavies can do at least one night of all block matches. The other thing that's different is a lot of these shows will have a wrestler come on commentary about halfway through the show, after the tags and stuff have all been completed. Well, tonight we get a wrestler from the absolute start of the show, and he is fucking boring garbage on the the fucking commentary all night, 
to the point where I was just like, Kevin, stop asking him questions. Just stop asking him. Yeah. Yeah. He said there was at one point Chase Owens gets like he like says something like, well, I can't leave or I won't get paid. And I was on Twitter like, well, we'll pay you if you just leave, please. Yeah. Not much. No. Yeah. I didn't even write anything down. It was not so much he said anything like clear or creative. He was just like kind of there and kind of boring. Yeah. So that is distracting, but uh, at some points during the night, I managed to kind of block it out. And we start off with some D-block action. Is rack hard versus uh, the Billy Goat. And here we go, which is one of at least two of the night. We have a Katamaru Gambit, everyone. That's when, if everyone's forgotten, that's when uh, Katamaru will attack you on the entrance ramp before the match even starts. He did that for every match of his best of super juniors like a, a year or two ago. And some people think that's a really good idea and I'll do it and I'll do it straight away. I like that. We got uh, Billy doing a plancher right away. Is a rock hard neck breaker onto Osprey, onto the railing, which looked fucking gnarly. There's a, a battle on the apron and it's like this sick apron bomb by Billy, which is pretty cool. The ref gets taken out and, uh, Billy gets hit with the belt. Pile driver on the outside. A Pulp Fiction in the ring is two. A rock slide now. Then not a hidden blade. But, uh, sorry, it's a rock slide. No, not now. It's a typo. There's a blade because uh, it was the juice's front. And there you go. Uh, Osprey pins rock hard. I thought it was a pretty good start of the show. What do you think? Yeah, this match is awesome. I mean, yeah. just to clear it up, Kanemaru is not in this match. The no, move no, no. is called the Kanemaru Gambit, um, and uh, Will did it to Juice because he was getting revenge from the night before. So, uh, you know, and, like, this is a cool match to open up with because the crowd starts to get real loud already just with these guardrail spots. And, like, Will knows that these guardrail spots are important to the finish, the, the end of the G1 finals. So he's like bumping on the side of his neck on the guard. I mean, like, I, I unfortunately, we're going to have a lot of great things to say about Will Ospreay on this episode. Yeah. because He just Sorry, absolutely everyone. crushed it for these last three nights. And there's not, you know, I mean, we can't lie and say he didn't. He was amazing. And uh, in this match in particular, I mean, those bumps <coughs> on the guardrail are crazy. Now, Luke, you mentioned rock slide. I'm not familiar with this. It's like it's, it's like, like uh, it's like this move that he tries to do. Like he might get him up like he might be doing like a Death Valley driver or something. Like I just remember the commentators going rock slide, rock slide. But I've only seen him hit it like maybe once or twice in a tag or maybe one of those American strong pay-per-views we watched or something. But yeah. He didn't really well, hit it in the in the uh, G1 that much or often or, or at all, really. Well, the, my question about it is that it's strange because he sets oh. up like he's going to do a burning hammer, and which is like a legendary move. And like you're not I, I, I don't you, most people don't set up for a burning hammer and then don't do it. You know what I mean? If you're doing a burning hammer, you're doing a burning hammer. So it was just weird because uh I don't know. Like I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen him land that except that time he beat up Tanahashi when he first showed up. So. Maybe he did it in that, ma- in that four way match where he won the U S title. I I don't remember. Yeah. Either. 
I don't remember. But uh, anyway, that, I love this. I thought this was awesome. Yeah, it's you know, great. The crowd's oohing and on, and they're going crazy, and it's already, you know, it's just early in the show. So that was awesome. And uh, so the way they do tonight is, all right, so that's a D-block match. So we're going to have the next D-block match, then two C-blocks, B-blocks, A-blocks, everyone gets it. And our next D-block match, and uh, thus the match that will decide who will be the finalist of this block. It is El Fantasmo versus Shingo. Now, El Fantasmo can't win, but if Shingo wins, he's in the finals. If he loses, then Billy Goat is in the finals. So what do you think, uh, El Fantasmo versus Shingo? This is tremendous. Uh, You know, we got ELP needs to prove himself as a heavyweight. You know, and that's what this match is. He beats Shingo clean. <laughs> so and debuts a new move and stuff. It's awesome. So they start off it and it's so like fucking a cool. It's a juniors match and uh, they run the ropes, leading to all kinds of flippy shit from ELP, and he's getting all his moves in until Shingo hits. Uh, was it? Uh, I don't know what this says. Foot up to block. Oh, he gets a foot up to block. Uh, flying nothing, which is pretty cool. And Shingo starts destroying ELP with strikes and his fast power moves as he is wont to do. Uh, Shingo tries to fire up and ELP sneaks up behind him and just blasts him in the with a kick. Like, it's great. So ELP goes for another dive and gets punched out of the air, which is fantastic. But finally, Shingo gets to do his power up, hits a DVD on the floor and there's all kinds of quick strikes and counters, and that ends with a sliding D uh, from the double or to, for a double down. And they struggle on the top rope, and ELP gets a super rana, and it's like the superest of all the super ranas. It's amazing. Only one super rana is better later on. <laughs> we'll oh my god! But Shigo uh, uh, gets a bunch of his shit in, including No Shigami for two, and then there's a DVD. And it causes ELP to fire up and he takes a bunch of punches and like rolls through a move for CR2. Shingo kicks out, which is a big moment in the match. And ELP hits a pile driver version of the CL- CR2 for a win. He calls it CR3. And apparently that is one of Ishimori's like finishers when he was like a boy band guy or whatever. So uh, that's pretty cool. And I was, I don't know, that was a really exciting match. After the match, ELP walks up to commentary, Japanese commentary, and Desperado's on there. And he says, uh, he says, goodbye forever, Desperado, which means <laughs> I'm a heavyweight now. I just beat Shingo. And this leads to all kinds of fun stuff. What do you think of all this? Dude, I love this match. These guys are great together. And it does start a bit juniory, but as the match goes on, it, it gets uh, a bit more never, a bit more heavyweight. ELP just fits right in with the heavies. He does. He crossed he crossed the whole block. Some of his finishes were weird and maybe a little over-ambitious during the G1, but on a whole, it's been an absolutely pleasure, pleasure to watch. This was a surprise. I mean, I guess it might make... I don't know. Like, I wanted... I didn't want Billy to be the G1 winner. So, you know, in, that, in that aspect or in the final. So, in that aspect, I was kind of like, oh. But I did like Alphantasmo beating Shingo, and he debuts a new move. Which is fucking rad. Which he was, he was he was quick to say it was the CR3. Was he was he quick to tell the commentators, or did they already know? I can't remember. Uh, I don't remember, but it got said many times. Oh yeah, very fast. If you didn't know what the name was, uh, well now you know CR3, CR3, CR3. I thought this was fucking awesome. 
uh, I like this uh, maybe a little bit more than the first match. So, yeah, good stuff. And it's funny, like, Shingo's got to be that guy to put Al Fantasma over into the heavyweight division when it was, was not so long ago that uh, Shingo was in that position himself. That's true. Yeah, and, I mean, they faced off in the best of Super Juniors against each other, too. So this was uh, – I'm pretty sure they did. I think they said that. But I don't know. I thought this yep. was awesome. It, you know, what what a bet is there a better way to establish establish yourself as a heavyweight in New Japan than having a feud with Shingo where, where you're right. getting you getting under Shingo's skin and he's all pissed off and we're seeing him like later on we'll see him act like I don't think I've ever seen him act before. So that's <laughs> right. It's pretty great, man. Pretty great. He, he beat a former world champion too, so that's that's awesome. And uh by the way, I absolutely forgot for quite a while. Shingo's got a trophy on him, doesn't he? Does he not? So uh, please let this feud continue. Yes, please. All right. So we go to the last two C block matches. And it is uh, Hiroki Goto versus Evil. And it's Katamara Gambit, number two, because Evil jumps Goto. I'm like, yay. This is a fine match. But (laughs) you were waiting for me to say that, weren't you? This is a fine match. Look. I have seen Chaos and House of Torture specifically wrestle each other for a long time. A long time, Mr. Guy. I'm I'm over I'm over the I'm, they need to wrestle other people. They just do. I'm kind of <laughs> kind of over Chaos versus House of Torture matches. I'm sorry. Then the and, and look, the evil shtick only works when I care about the other guy. So, like, I'm like, I want them to try. I like evil, but, you know, I, I, get, I get into the heel character. I want to see him get his ass whooped. And not with Goto. I want to see evil beat him. And I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do yeah, get I, that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, do. Oh. Uh, you all right? I, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> shit. It's, it's a bit late. Yeah. So. My notes are really crap, and they're from a few days ago, so I do apologize. But, uh, yeah, wow. my, my point still stands, though. Like, I'm, I'm watching this match. It's fine, but I, I still only care if I care. I only care about evil's cheating if it's against someone I care about a bit more. Goto gets close, but there's, like, a Togo loads blow blow that leads to when everything is evil. I don't know. I didn't write too much about this match, Mr. Andy. I, I was just like, eh, what do you think? Oh, well, I am also... <laughs> I am also like meh, but I don't know. I, professionalism is apparently my job, I guess. Yeah, but, uh, you can have that. You know, I, okay. So um, <laughs> there was a part in this that was really funny where Goto, we know Goto is so powerful. You know, I mean, like the power of Goto. Is he is the powerfulest. It's, it's so powerful. He actually makes Dick Togo help him do a magic killer to evil. But then... You know, one of my favorite parts, that was funny, but uh, one of my favorite parts is that the, there's a GTW to Evil and he just kicks out. It's like, <laughs> fuck you, Goto. So that was pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, not much to say here. It's two guys that are not important, uh, you know, so much right now to the uh, storylines that we care about. Yeah, that is true. All right. So next we have a match that I was really looking fucking forward to, Mr. Andy. Why? It's Well, they've always had good matches, but ever since that match at the G1 last year took Naito out of the whole fucking tournament, 
and I know they've wrestled again since at the New Japan Cup and things like that. But I'm still excited. Like, ever since that match, I mean, I get excited and slash nervous for these two. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tetsuya Naito. I'm pumped, Mr. Andy. I'm pumped. I can't wait. Naito rolls Zack Sabre Jr. up in two minutes. Zack Sabre Jr. throws a tanty, and I'm, I'm with you, dude. I'm not throwing a tanty because you lost. I mean, it would have been cool if you won, but I, I thought Naito was winning the whole thing. I chucked a tanty because I wanted at least 20 minutes of these two going, in, and I got two. <laughs> so you and Zack Sabre Jr. both threw a tanty, is that right? Oh, yeah, we threw a tanty big time. Did you hang chairs all over yourself and run around screaming about George Michael? Uh, no, but uh, George Michael yeah, is oh, okay. itchy bone. Well, that's that's well, then that's not much of a tantrum. I mean, you know, so my fantasy dream book uh, booking for this uh, particular match was I wanted Naito to just squash Zack Sabre Jr., but I wanted it to happen like this, right? I wanted him to come out and just started throwing those crazy elbows, but to Zack Sabre Jr.'s knee, just straight up until the ref pulled him off and stops the match. That's what I wanted, but. You know, it didn't happen. So, uh, you know, I thought this was fun, though, because it led to the Zack Sabre Jr. just completely losing his marbles. And that is a good time. And he is like, like he's on fire with the character work right now. His character stuff is just top notch. And like, you know, five years ago when he first started New Japan, he didn't have any character stuff at all. No, I mean, nothing. He's you a know? lot he better still, now than when he started, for yeah. sure noodly looking dude who could do all kinds of holds and now look at him man he's such a deep wrestler and every you know way shape or form he could be i love uh zach Sabre jr so i wasn't mad that this was short i just you know this was an important match too because this sets up that naito is now has to face will osprey for the uh, at the finals uh the next day which we'll talk about to decide the semifinals to decide the actual finals so that's uh that's why this match is important yeah look i had a feeling a match on this show would go short uh but i was hoping it might be goto versus evil and <laughs> kind of was short <sighs> anyway let's do it it's b block action it is not for any points uh all the story stuff is in the final match of b block but this is for pride it is sonata versus ishii and can I just say, the commentary for this match just bummed me the fuck out. Yeah. Where is this Ishii talk coming from? This talk about how, oh, Ishii's doing bad. It's his last, might be his last G1, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, at the end of this match, because, spoiler, he wins. It's a great match. I'll talk about it in a tick. But he's on four points, and I look at the tally, and I'm just like, Hanari's on two points. Some of the other guys are on fucking four points here and there. He's not the only one with four points. Get out of here. Oh, it's Hanari's last G1. You know, he did so bad, he's probably just going to quit. I mean, that's what it sounds like. It's it's dumb. Yeah, what? 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 What, what? what was that? It was, it was just, look, Commentary doesn't often take me out of matches unless maybe Kozlov is on commentary. And I was able to, by this point, I was able to just tune Chase Owens out and I don't have a single note about him for the rest of the show. <laughs> but all this talk about old man Ishii and all this kind of stuff, I was just like, get out of here. Especially when he puts on a match like this. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and 
all this talk and whilst all this talk is going on where they're bumming me out on commentary, this is an awesome match. And I love seeing Sonata get like this giant German suplex. These guys have awesome back and forth. I mean, I typically like Sonata matches, even though he annoys me. But this is like I can I never style Ishii match with Sonata going toe to toe with him. What do you want? It's just like the commentary just really pissed me off, Mr. Andy. Sonata does come close, though, but there is a brain buster in Ishii on four. So, yeah, there's my mini rant. What are you doing, boys? Yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, like, you know, it's funny. I've done commentary a few times, and I said, like, one thing that, like, would be considered burying a guy or something like that, but it was just a joke, and I got fucking reamed for it. So it's like it's just funny to me that these guys are on here just burying everybody right and left. And it's like that's kind of like I know it's funny sometimes, but like when you you do it seriously, that's not funny, man. You know, that's not a joke. It's, it's I don't know. I, I love Ishii as a wrestler. He's super over with this podcast. So it's just kind of frustrating to hear people just go, well, he's, you know, he's never going to wrestle again after this last G1. He might as well just throw him in a grave and fucking fill that thing up. It's like. And that feels like know, it came out of nowhere, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. And if he is going to retire, why are you telling us? Don't tell us. Let him tell us. Yeah. Let him tell <laughs> like, us. Like, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. So I don't understand. These guys get a little out of control, too, on the last night with the, just the excited voice for no reason and stuff like that. And it's just, I, I don't know, man. I get it. They did 20. Well, Kevin did 20 nights. So. I, I'm not mad at him for having a few issues here and there if he has some, but like I'm pretty sure man, um, pretty sure Team Filthy, Bad Dude Tito, and Jonah had more tag matches than uh, Chris was on G1 shows. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that, that but uh, you know we are not involved in his negotiations, and we don't know what you know. I'm, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know why nah, we don't know so mad at Chris Charlton. I've got to be mad at someone. He's got to stand up. Sorry, go. Yes, he does. This match is awesome. So uh, I was just trying to get that out. But it's it's fantastic. The near falls towards the end are believable. And that's something that it's just like, is that too much to ask from wrestlers? Like that we have believable near falls? They're very good. I really enjoyed this. Uh, it's very good. Yep. All right. So it's B-block action. It is Tamatonga versus Switchblade Jay White. And I know this is... A, a good match featuring good wrestling from both men and and all that. But dude, I just watched, I, I do this most of the time with Jay matches. It's going to sound weird, but I just watched him mostly the whole time. And just, just how he works. Everyone, even just on the, on the entrance, he's a guy that would sell to the back. You, you know, he would, and he does, but he comes out, Chris Sharp stand. He does the stand gimmick with him. He's messing with the Japanese commentators. He's, he's messing with the young boys. We've mentioned this before, just how he like incorporates every, everyone into the match. He does a lot of that in this one too. So, you know, including Jado, including the referee, including Tabatonga. It's just fucking great to watch him. And whilst he's doing all that, he does something I love. And it's all of the suplexes. All of them. Saito suplexes, German suplexes, pump handle suplexes, fucking Jay Drillers, whatever, Regal Plexes, all these suplexes. He does all of my favorite shit. There's great chops, great psychology, awesome reversals. 
he's the he's the heel Okada. He makes you feel like he can he could lose, and then then he usually doesn't. But then when someone turns around and actually beats him, it's a fucking big deal because he's undefeated in this G1. Tama was good in this too, but I feel like for me he wasn't angry enough. It's like that problem we had. We mentioned we were talking about this when the match was happening. Remember uh, we were talking about was it Rockhard versus Finley? They started off just having a normal match, and I'm like, wait, are you guys pissed off at each other? Did he betray you? Like, what's going on here? And I didn't quite get a lot of that in match. Maybe later on he got more intense and things like that, which uh, brought that side out. But he should have been like like that from the start, I think. A bit more fucking pissed off, angry. Or maybe that's just me. But yeah, well, he you're was right. Still, yeah. yeah, it's it, here's the thing. To your point, like Jay just beat the shit out of him with a chair, right? So mm-hmm. like the night before and Tama comes out not selling the attack from Jay with his anger or his like, you know, saying, oh, you broke my arm or whatever with the chair. Like, why? That's weird. Yeah. That aside, I thought the match was great. And it's like it's a Jay White match. So I kind of loved it, even though he lost. I'm glad he didn't win and didn't progress, but he's the champ and champs never win these tournaments anyway and he misses out on a final at the last minute again which is an ongoing story for him but yeah what do you think of this oh this match is great i love it i was put off by the no selling the attack it's like then why do that yeah like why even do it if you're not i mean like if you're not gonna sell the attack from the night you know before or whatever then don't do it i i just i don't know it's just a weird thing but at the same time I think Tama had a lot on his mind for this match. This is a big match for him. He knew that, uh, you know, he was going to win here. That's a good point. So he's got got a lot to think about. I get it. Wrestling's not easy. You know, I don't know if we've, we say that enough on here, but it's, it's one of the hardest things you can do. So it's not like, you know, I'm not trying to say he sucks or anything. It just doesn't Hell make no. any sense. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they do all the moves in this match. It's fantastic. I'm pissed off that uh, Jay loses. That makes me mad. But it makes sense because now, you know, these two, this, what ends up happening, this will all, you know, make perfect sense and stuff like that going forward. Um, I, this match is fantastic. Like I said, it's just, they also seem <clears throat> just a little, just lacking a little. You know what I mean? It was just like, ah, it wasn't, I don't know. They weren't giving it all, but that's Maybe because they, that they have another one coming up. Yeah. They have yeah. another one coming up, I'm sure. And also this is after having 5,000 matches in 20 oh, days. <laughs> so I get it. I'm not mad. Cause even if they're not having a tournament match, they're still doing tags every night and all this kind of stuff. I get it. Still, they want to pull a match like that out. It was awesome. All right. So let's, uh, let's do it. So Tamatonga, is your winner of B Block. Uh, Naito wins C Block. And of course, uh, Go Boy wins the D Block. Let's find out who wins A Block. It'll be no surprise because I, I think like the only obvious winner of A Block was the man who won it. But let's start with the first match, which is Bad Luck Farley versus Jonah. Mr. Guy, what do you think of this big man oh, match? It's fantastic. This is like just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just like a big man, 
you know, plotting like heavyweight match. It's super heavyweight, excuse me. It's, it's so they like at the beginning, they, they do a staring contest, which gets the crowd all fired up, uh, you know, and there's forearms and stuff. Uh, it kind of is just like back and forth until uh, Folly goes to the outside a flying shoulder tackle from uh, Jonah and every, they, you know, commentary says this, they aren't wrong. Everything he does, the crowd's, Oh, you know? So, I mean, they love him. He is super over and I can't like, he is the star coming out of this whole thing. And we'll, we'll talk oh, about definitely. that more as we go along, I'm sure. But uh, you know, the pace is slow plotting big man match. That's perfect for what these two guys want to do. And the strikes matter. So, you know, it, it's just, the way that they work the match, everything matters. Uh, they both almost get counted out after beating each other up with on the guardrails and ring posts and stuff on the outside. And Jonah is selling, and it's it's really good. He's kind of the default babyface in this match here. So he even busts out a "Let's go" at one point, which made me laugh really hard. So there's a big spear from Fale to cut. Uh, Jonah off and then uh, more back and forth. Jonah tries to lift Fale from the Black Forest Bomb, but he goes for Lariats and finally knocks him down. Jonah body slams Fale and the crowd's like, oh my god! Hits the torpedo for the win. It's a great big man match. I love this. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Fale, <clears throat> he has that big man psychology down perfectly. Like, you always know what you're going to get from him. It's always going to be solid and dependable and really good. And then you put him a guy with anyone, like your top stars or even this new guy you're trying to establish. It. I don't know. Farley just works for me. He's yeah. he's great. Yeah, I thought this was a really good match. Uh, it's not too long. doesn't need to be long. Every move matters. And that torpedo move is over, dude. Big time. It's crazy. And, I mean, it's just a splash. But it's a top rope splash from a giant dude who beat Okada. So here we are. You know? Hell yeah. And uh, speaking of, oh, by the way, post-match, uh, I guess Jonah doesn't get, get the rules or whatever too too clearly because <laughs> he feels like there might be a tie if Archer wins or something like that. And I'm just like, uh, no. no, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. The way this next match works is if Archer – Archer has to win to win the block. If it's a tie or a you know a loss, he loses the block and Okada wins. So poor or poor Jonah, he didn't he didn't know that he had already been eliminated. So. Look, he'd just been beaten up and thrown into guardrails by Farley for like the last ten minutes. Uh, I think I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So uh, Big Teats, of- we you know Big Teats needs to keep track of that shit for him. Come on, Teats. <laughs> you know. Oh, my God. He's a, a bad dude at math. All right. So speaking of Okada. smart either. So. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my goodness. All right. Kazuchika Okada versus uh, Lance Archer. I want to throw to you first because I'm actually curious to know what you think of this because I kind of love love this match and I feel like oh, I, wanted, I wanted this up. Uh, Maybe it's the Okada factor and you can't have a bad match against Okada. I'm not saying Archer's G1 is bad. I'm not saying that at all. But I wish all these matches were like this one. Yeah, well, they all can't be like this one. That's like one of those deals where it's like you see, like, I don't know, not, uh, you know, I don't know, who, who, thinking of two guys just beat the fucking shit out of each other. And you're like, oh, why don't they do that every time? And it's like, well, because then they'll be dead. So, um, but uh, at the beginning of this match, Archer has his hood up. 
and he stands in the middle of the ring and just ignores Okada, like challenge him to like take it to him. He's just like, you, you don't exist, which is the classic. That's what Okada does sometimes. He doesn't do it quite that dramatically, but he just ignores his opponent. And it's like, man, you're a dick. So uh, there's it. But what happens is that they want to make us believe that Archer can win. So there's a choke slam out of nowhere. And this is a great, way to get immediately to the heat section like right away you don't and it, it's without doing a jump you know or a canamaro gambit or any of that kind of stuff that we see all the time so there's a choke slam out of nowhere and then a black hole slam and okada's already like in supercell mode and we're like 30 seconds into this thing it's just oh, like yeah. great thank you for you know sparing us any kind of bullshit and so there's all kinds of cool offense from archer like cannonball into the guardrails he slams a young lion onto Okada. Uh, Lance kicks a young lion and has to bump to the corner of the, the young, young lion has to bump. And he's like standing near the little gate and the gate opens and he just bumps right into the corner of the guardrail. Ouch. That looks so painful. <laughs> uh, that was funny. Archer walks the ropes and does a fucking moonsault off the top <laughs> for two count. What? That was wild. Nolly. But here's where Okada, you know, starts to come back. He gets kind of like a flash rainmaker out of nowhere, and it's a double down. And Okada gets in the match for the first time here. Uh, so he gets two drop kicks, and Okada's in full comeback mode. He slams Archer. Oh, shit. Crowd's going nuts. Uh, Archer uh, gets him off his own. Oh, oh, so Archer gets his own drop kick and a, a rainmaker that looks great. <laughs> looks really good man okada's just flipping around and selling and it's great the crowd's losing their minds and uh there's a blackout but it's a side pin counter for two okada gets like just basically no sells the black <laughs> so uh, okada gets out of another blackout attempt and chop block uh and he slaps on the money clip there's another huge lariat from lance but okada comes back with a drop kick landslide on lance archer he does landslide on lance archer and a rainmaker for the win the match felt really big like this they like they made this a huge match like big fight feel whatever you want to call it whatever cliche um it even replays it really it, yeah. They, oh yeah that's true and they made us believe that archer was going to maybe going to win and that's the whole you know magic of pro wrestling yeah because you see this match on paper, and even as it's about to start, you're like, yeah, Carter's so winning this. And that's the thing about this match. It, like, as soon as Archer hits that choke slam, and then the the, uh, the other slam he did, it's like, oh, shit, Okada's in, in trouble here. And, and it was just <clears throat> Archer dominating for such a large portion of the match. It was awesome. It was really cool stuff, and it was... I have to admit, it has been fun to see Okada just kind of best all of these giants, except one. So uh, that, that puts Jonah over even more, I think. So he's the only giant that Okada couldn't beat. So that'll maybe there'll be something in that in the future. Who knows? But yeah, I thought this was a really good end. A block always made sense for Okada to win it. So I'm not really disappointed there at all, especially with. That's a good thing about this G1. I felt like sometimes I could predict things pretty easy, but the matches have been so good. It's uh, taking away my logical wrestling brain and uh, getting me invested in the matches. So yeah, awesome stuff. So yeah. And so we'll talk about night 18, just, you know, or 19, sorry, in a second, but uh, your finalists, it'll be what uh, 
Naito and Naito and the Billy Goat versus Kuzuko uh, Carter and Tama Tonga. Okay. No, no. So it's Naito versus Will Ospreay. I said Billy Goat. Yeah. No, you said you said it like a tag match. So. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, Okada versus Tamatanga. So those are the yes. two uh, semifinal matches that will get us our finals. Um, that's pretty exciting, man. You know, so this show was really fun. It was nice to have all singles matches. It went so quick. This match was, or this show was like over. And I was like, oh, wow. Okie doke. Here we go. You know, and uh, so it was fun. You know, uh, night 19 coming up. We're in the same building. This is the semifinals night. So it's the return of some tag matches and the return of some wrestlers, Luke. Got quite a few returns. Uh, this... Your favorite. <laughs> Their favorite's out first. Yes. I hope, I hope you're not. <laughs> I can't remember who came out first. If it was uh, Chaos or uh, Suzuki Goon. So I'm not sure if you're bullshitting me or not, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I spot Doki coming out, and I have missed Doki so, so bad. And then Yo comes out, and I'm just like, eh, go away. You fucking suck. Team Off-White Fisherman's back. Oh they, got, they got Ishii with them this time. So. No, wonder, yeah, was, uh, no wonder this Ishii retirement talk. He's stuck with these fucking bozos. Yeah, no wonder. He's hanging out with these assholes. It's, it's uh, Yeah, that's a thing. So I feel like Doki even didn't really do much in this match either. I think I don't think like it's just it's pretty much a really fast-paced tag team match. It's over if we really know it. But Archer wants Ishii, and those are my favorite parts of the match, just seeing Ishii and Lance Archer go at it. I was thinking making me wish that they were in a, the same block, or we could see that match coming up sometime soon. But he's probably fucking off back to America. Uh, Doki, yeah, he didn't do much, but I did love that he was there. He just has to be there. And I'm happy, Mr. Yes. Andy. Uh, Target tries to slam Archer. <laughs> but Archer falls on him this time. Is it, and uh, this ends with a directed drive on Target. Fuck you, yo. <laughs> we got to get yo, get him some wins, you know. I don't know if you noticed this, but Kanemaru was just for no reason wearing a button-down dress shirt to the ring. It was like, Why? <laughs> So funny, man. It looked like he was going on commentary, but he got in the ring. But, uh, yeah, that was a fun thing to start. It's good that Doki's back. But, uh, Luke, we have your, your, you know, this was actually pretty good. We had the Dangerous Techers versus Team Filthy next. And uh, Royce Isaacs has a little mask and a little microphone and comes out and <laughs> sings the, the Filthy song, which was just fantastic. Um, and so, you know, Tom Lawler... He has a George Michael record for Zack Sabre Jr. He's like, oh, I know you lost, so I'm going to give you a gift, you know. And as soon as, like, Zack Sabre Jr. acts like he doesn't want it, but he's like, give me. And, like, puts it in the corner real quick. And while he's doing that, Tom Lawler busts out another record and screams that uh, Culture Club and Boy George are Ichiban. And he's got a Boy George album. And this is so funny. This is one of the reasons I love Zack Sabre Jr. when he's in this like frustrated little kid mode is that he he steals the record and tries to break it, but it doesn't. He like gets frustrated while he's trying to break it. <laughs> break it on the first try. It's so funny. I love that. And um, I don't. But I do have a question for you, Luke. What do you think of this? So why does Boy George or why does uh, uh you know Zack Sabre Jr. even care? about like singers 
when he's tag team partners, the greatest singer in the world. Like what? I don't understand. I I don't get it either. Uh, yeah. Especially when I don't know. Did George Michael ever sing a song about jizz every night to a crowd of wrestling fans? I don't think so. No, no, that's I'm well. Maybe he did, and we just don't know. But I mean, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> but uh, uh, we get to see some really fun stuff. Tom Lawler and Zack Saber Jr. do like amazing mat wrestling in this match, and uh, Zack Saber Jr. makes Royce Isaacs look awesome too. And Tai Chi's there. <laughs> he doesn't do a whole lot in this match, but uh, there's an arm bar, and Royce Isaacs taps to Zack Saber Jr. Yeah, and also Zack Saber Jr. takes the record with him because. Uh... Even though he broke the Culture Club one, he's keeping that George Michael record. He, he wants it, sure. he cares. Oh, man. <clears throat> I actually really like this next match. It is GBH. That's Tomoki Homo and <sighs> Togi <Aww>. Makabe. <laughs> Versus Bad Dude Tita. Tita? Bad. You say I'm thinking of Teats. I don't know, it's the same dude. Bad dude Tito and Jonah. <clears throat> so this match is a great time, and it actually makes me feel like I really missed Hanma. Namakabe though, fuck that but guy. What happens in this match, at least to my drunken eyes as I'm watching it? Well, I'm watching Makabe get in and do his shit. Then I'm seeing him tag the fuck out. Then I'm seeing minutes upon minutes of Hanma bumping his fucking ass off for both the Jonah and Bad Dude Tito. And then when he gets his comebacks, he looks fucking cool. When Kabe does it, he doesn't look cool. He didn't do a fight back. He just <laughs> tagged in and started doing his shit. So Hanma looked fucking cool, you know, and uh, he looked about as cool as Makabe thinks Makabe is. So I actually like Hanma there, and I liked uh, Jonah and Bad Dude Tito in this match because anyone who can... Uh, work well with Homer kind of makes me happy because he's broken. So yeah, there is that. He <laughs> Dude, he even like chopped the shit out of Jonah. It looked like he, like he clocked him too with a gnarly looking headbutt. So yeah, I do like me some Homer in this match. Uh, <laughs> there's a gnarly lariat and uh, Jonah pins him and uh, you know, they, they get the mic and stuff and Big Teats is like making, we're making noise. Yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> He's like, maybe it was on the, the next night. I can't remember, but he's like, Dude, does New Japan want us back? I think they do. I think they do. Like that. It was pretty funny. Um, but uh, next we have Okan on the cob with Hanare <laughs> and, and Hanare versus Team T shirt and Juice. Um, this is just a normal ass wrestling match. That's what it is. And Great Okan gets some fun stuff on Fale. I like that. Um, but uh, not much to see here. And I was frustrated because there's a package pile driver on Hanare and Chase wins. And Chase is like, we get the titles that you don't have. Like, what is this? They're like, we're the we team T-shirts getting a title shot with the people that aren't here. So we're just yelling at you about it or something like what? Because the tag team titles are on FTR and there's a lot of talk about that. And and commentary, again, keeps saying kind of dumb stuff because they say it's like, well, I, they said they'll face anybody anywhere. Okay. What, what is that? I, then why aren't they here? You know? So, yeah. Then where are they? It's, it's kind of dumb. 
Um, but you know, they keep saying, oh, they said they come to Japan and defend them. They, they would. Well, okay. Then why are you telling us that? It'd be much cooler as a surprise, wouldn't it? If that's what's going to happen, maybe kind of a cool surprise. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Somebody wins. I don't know. Oh yeah. I already said Chase wins. So yeah. There you go. So Hanari gets two points in the G1, but he can't win a fucking tag match that has fucking nope. Chase on it. Yeah. Against Team T-shirt. Come on. Poor Hanare. All right, we've got all of it. Lij minus Naito, because you know he's got a match later. Versus Evil Yujiro, Alphantasmo, and Kenta. By the way, if I was Bushi, I would be fucking annoyed at uh, uh, Hiromu Takahashi. Why? Because one man had to work every fucking show of the G1 in tags and get jobbed a lot and shit. The other guy pumped the crowd up and sat his ass on commentary. <laughs> Gets yeah, your ass but like, I don't know. Bushi knows. After he, Bushi knows what his role is, man. You know, he's staying in his lane. He knows. I what's know. Up. I know. So, uh, <laughs> so, I thought this was a pretty fun time. Uh, Bull Club they target Shingo's shoulders and neck. Actually, uh, Kenta's got his light up shirt that says uh, Shingo's daddy. <laughs> so that's that's how he's decided. Because you remember in the uh, press conference, fucking. Everyone was cracking up at uh, ELP's uh, shenanigans that had to get read out because he wasn't there, except for uh, Shingo. He was absolutely not impressed and nonplussed. So the fact that uh, they're having a feud now and he's getting under Shingo's skin. Wow. Yeah, as as a plane takes off. (laughs) Yeah, whoa. Live next to a fucking runway here. (laughs) So, yeah. So uh, I, I do like the uh, whole Shingo's daddy. They're going to fight over that title. It's going to be hilarious and awesome. I can't wait. Uh, Sonata puts all of the household House of Torture guys in Paradise Locks. That's both uh, Evil Yujiro. Oh, sorry. And so not both, but because there's three. And uh, and Dick Togo, which is awesome. He frees Evil and Yujiro the normal way, you know, drop kicks to the butt. <laughs> but he just leaves fucking Dick Togo where he is. <laughs> Part of me wished he was there for the rest of the match in that position, but uh, Evil dropped toe holds Sonata into Dick Togo, which is funny. Uh, Kenta smacks Sonata with his book, and Sonata accidentally gets him in the nuts on the way down, which is that thing that he does sometimes that Sonata's got a habit of. I don't know. He's got a nasty habit of doing those. Oh, I'm yeah. falling down, but. Oh, I got you in the nuts. But uh, fuck you, Sonata. How dare you? Uh, there's a, and then the match ends with a game over on Bushi. I can't remember who did it because they didn't really show it or mention it, but someone slides in Kenta's book. It goes right over to Kenta. So while Kenta's got the game over on Bushi, Kenta grabs his book and uses it as added leverage on Bushi's fucking face. It was hilarious. If I could get a copy of this book to read, I would absolutely would have bought it and read it by now because this whole like gimmick of selling the book by using it in all these funny ways. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, when he does the like cross face or whatever, or the game over, it's like he's forcing Bushi to read it when he puts him in it with the book. It's so funny, man. And like this, this, you know, well, we could talk about it maybe, uh, I don't know that Kenta's like final press conference thing or whatever. He like gave a statement about how his book tour has been going. <laughs> it's just absolutely fantastic. At one point he's like, 
Now I thought, you know, at some points during this, I thought I'd run out of material for this bit, but I didn't, you know, <laughs> it's fantastic. So now speaking of fantastic, this next tag match is incredible. I love it so much. It's, we got Finley, Yano, Tanahashi, Kushida versus Ishimori, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, and Jay Huito. So this is some returning folks and some preview stuff all together. The Never Champ is I, here. Yeah, and and the Never title. Now, um, Doc Gallows has covered the the title with a piece of like clothing that, that just Anderson says Bullet Club. I thought when I first saw it, I thought it was something cool. I thought it was like a case for the belt. You know, but no, he's like saying, oh, this is the Bullet Club title or something. And I guess it's something that we don't know about from TNA that we won't know about. So I don't know. Uh, but uh, that's not what's awesome about this match. Jay's all pissed off, first of all, as he should be. And Carl Anderson has bright lights. Carl Anderson written on his tights, which is so funny. <laughs> uh, Gallows remembers that he hates Yano. So he goes after Yano right away, which is fun in this match. And there's like kind of some you know, one-upsmanship between Kushida and Ishimori. Ishimori trips Tanahashi uh, while he's wrestling Carl Anderson. Then Kushida does the same thing to Carl Anderson, like, whoa, whoopsie, you know? And so <laughs> this is really great. And then Kushida has to do a blind tag to Yano to get him to come in and face Gallows because he doesn't want to. And he's like, he's like, no! <laughs> so funny. The, the shit is so great between Good Brothers and Yano. Like, it's tremendous. In fact, gallows is just so funny and he's like been let off the leash so he's doing all kinds of funny shit for example they uh are doing a tag team move on yano and he's right before they they do the move he just you know says bumpski like that <laughs> it's funny so i love that there's some really good preview stuff between kushida and ishimori and uh tanahashi saves someone from the magic killer and uh there's a double fair play from yano uh he rolls up gallows and and Gallus lets everyone know on his way out of the ring that Yano hit them in their cocks, which is funny. Now, Luke, um, are you familiar with hoots? Do you know what that is? Like the, the no. whole hoots thing? Uh, no. Okay, so there used to be a podcast, and it was the worst podcast ever. And it was, uh, I, I can't even remember what it was called. I, I had it on the tip of my tongue a second ago. But it was uh, Rocky Romero and you know, the good brothers and they just had this goofy podcast and it was really funny. I loved it. Um, talking shop. That's what it was called. And so they brought it back and I'm sure it's very funny now, but it was, I mean, it was just these guys drunk in their hotel room at the Tokyo dome, just fucking around. And that's what it was. It was fantastic. So they did all kinds of, uh, impressions and stuff, but they also, they called their fans hoots and they called themselves hoots. What's up hoot. How are you hoot? You know, that's kind of how they were. So I don't know why, but at one point, they made a movie. It's called Hoots the Movie. And it is outrageous. <laughs> absolutely. Do you want to know what the premise of Hoots the Movie is, Luke? I really do, yes. So Gallows um, plays a character that is him, but he only he only <laughs> talks like Vince McMahon for no apparent reason. So he's just like, hi, how are you? You know, and it's how he talks. And he has this idea to get them rich. And the, and it's they're going to make a podcast. And the podcast is called Cock Torturers. What? <laughs> Cock Torturers.
lube and stuff, and then they wait outside to see if they torture their cock. <laughs> it's so funny. I it's it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. So uh, I have a an idea, and that is that maybe we got a little break coming up. Maybe we should watch Shoots the movie and talk about it on Never Round because it is fucking. I mean, their first guest on the podcast that they're going to see who's going to torture their cock is Fale. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, what is this? It is, oh, Tama Tonga's in it. And uh, it's just funny because these guys are clearly just in their free time, just running around calling everyone cock torturers. <laughs> and it's so funny. Uh, that tag match that I was talking about before was really funny. Really good, too. Yep. <laughs> and uh i'm in please please i uh, i want to watch that movie <laughs> torture it god i knew we had it had what it took to get the job done so i've funny. gone into team america there all right here we go we've got our first semi-final it is kazuchika okada versus tama tonga Chumpy. And yes, the ref Chumpy is there for this match, which is awesome. And look, it's, this is an amazing match. It really makes me believe. And I want to believe so bad because I haven't mentioned it now well, my, that much during this G1, but my sentiments stand. I want to see someone new win the G1, please. Just please, please, please. Ah, let me. So, but it didn't really make sense for Tamatonga to win. He's already beaten the champion. He's already got a story going forward. So, of course, that would be ridiculous. Of course, it's got to be a car in the dome. You want to sell seats for the fucking dome. I understand that. But, uh, <clears throat> you know. You know, someone new has only won once since I started watching the G- G1 in 2017. Yes! And that, what and we, that was I Ko- sent you... And that was Kota Ibushi. And then he proceeded right. to win two, three times game. in a row. I sent yeah. you some stat that Chris Samsa, the stat guy, he put up, and it was like only 29 people of all time, only 29 people have been in the G1 Finals, which is fucking nuts. That's the very few people for a tournament that's been around this long. Yeah, that's true. I guess I like their safe bets when it comes to their their G1 Climax. But I think I thought this match was awesome. What do you think, Mr. Andy? Go for it. Oh, you want to hear me talk about this? All right. <clears throat> so, well, okay, this match is very good. I do, before I talk about all the awesome stuff, I have one, you know, thing that was just like, will you shut the fuck up? All right, we got to teach Jada some more English. Besides, come on, Tama. Come on, Tama. Tama. Come on, Tama. Like, the whole match. Like, dude, come on. <laughs> the whole match, you just hear that. And it's it's just like, all right, man, like, Okay, I know you're doing your job and you're being the, the corner guy, but come on, man, it's it's a little much. So, all right, so there's something at the beginning that's just weird, too. Okada and Tama have matching gear, like <laughs> their tag team or something. I mean, it's the exact same shades of the exact same colors. It's interesting. So Tama gets to shine a little bit, uh, you know, before Okada cuts him off and starts being a complete dick, which is great. That's what you want here. <clears throat> you know, Tama Tonga takes advantage when Okada is dismissive. And it's interesting... <clears throat> excuse me, that Okada makes Tama look tiny in this match. That's a big part of this match that is surprising, is that 
I don't really think of Tomatonga as a small guy, but he's tiny compared to Okada, and Okada's wrestling big in this match. Like, he's wrestling tall, if that makes any sense. He's working big. So Okada doesn't do his, like, rollout on the floor until Thomas starts to make him worry a little bit, you know, when he starts to take advantage of the fact that he's being dismissive. Okada wants a landslide on the floor, which is, like, pretty extreme. That's an extreme measure. But it backfires, and Tomatonga gets a Tonga twist on the floor, and uh, he gets a supreme flow for a two count and calls for the gun stun, like, already. And it's like, whoa, okay. Okada counters with a money clip, which is funny. Uh, that's heel shit, and I love it. Okada then calls for the Rainmaker, but Tama gets a drop kick and forearms. Or the fans love that. Excuse me, no forearms. The fans love it. He wants. He keeps calling for Bloody Sunday, which is okay. I mean, I'm not sure what that's got to do with a heavyweight bout, but okay. It's also a bullet club move. So, like, what are you doing, Tama? Like, yeah, I don't. I don't. It doesn't really make any sense. But I, it, it makes sense in the story of this match. It won't make sense going forward. So, um, but because basically, what these two wrestlers are doing, and this is like the story stuff. I'll talk more about the moves here in a second. Is that they are reaching into their own past to try to defeat their opponent, right? And that that's what it is, right? But Okada has something extra that we'll talk about here in a second. So <clears throat> basically, Okada, he hits a drop kick and Tama counters with a, with a Rainmaker, right? And uh, he gets the Bloody Sunday for a two count. And the crowd's getting real loud now as Okada hits a desperation Rainmaker and has uh, wrist control still. So there's a Rainmaker again. Okada goes for another, but Tama dodges and hits a drop kick. Uh, or no, he dodges and then runs into a drop kick and he fires up, but landslide rainmakers countered by a desperation gun stun. Big part of the match. Everybody's freaking out. Okada does one of his patented amazing near fall kickouts. <laughs> it's like the greatest kickout you've ever seen in the history of pro wrestling. It's so great. He, he gets a, a bulldog uh, pinning thing for a two, uh, you know, uh, and then uh, he tries to drop kick, but no. These are uh, there's like a bunch of gun stun attempts that are blocked and Okada gets the money clip. Tama's up and Okada's hurt. Crowd's going nuts. We do have, uh, you know, Chris Strong going, ah, la, 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 just freaking out at this point. Excited <laughs> voice. Um, but then this is where the important story thing happens. So Okada busts out an Enziguri. Then he hits a Cobra Flosion. All right. And the Rainmaker and he wins. Right. So what what happened here? So what happened was, is that. They went back in their past or the past of pro wrestling to try to, you know, defeat their opponent. Well, Tama can go back in his past, but he can't do what Okada does. Okada has a magical power now. And that magical power is that he can go back in the past of all of New Japan. And this sequence that he's found is like the most powerful sequence. So it's like something he can summon, but other people can't. And it makes so much sense with the whole, you know, the Vader thing we talked about, the whole thing that he walks to the ring wearing New Japan's history. I mean, it's like so it's all there. It's really great. Um, and and also, I just want to say a couple more things about this match is that um, the whole oh, uh, Tomatonga believes he can fly. Stop it. That's terrible. Stop it. It's so bad. Um, that was carefully, Chris. <clears throat> yeah. Ugh. Uh, but there's and then also this match had a really a ton of symmetry, like an Ishii match where, you know, there's big, long sequences that just basically basically get repeated in, in you know, uh, inverse. And it's man, this is fantastic. Luke, tell me all about this. What do you think of this? Uh, I liked it. I think. 
I think Tammy can hang with the big boys. Uh, he's he's beaten Okada before last year's G1. He's beaten Jay White now. So he's beaten uh, uh, what the former world champion and now the world champion. I think that's pretty gnarly. Uh, seeing Tamatonga solo, I know he's got Jado in his corner. I'm sorry, Tongaloa. I don't I don't miss that guy at all. I and I and I'm worried that like when he when he comes back, are they just gonna put them together as a tag team again because that would kind of undo all of the work that they've done to establish Tamatonga as not only a singles competitor in a face, but also as a he's a guy that that can wrestle all our big stars and can potentially beat them. So I'm hoping in the future we it's gonna be more him singles. Wait, he, he he they've got three he's got two brothers, they they can tag now. Yes. Man, imagine that. He, he Kikolo, Tongalo, Tongalo. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Versus Goto and Yoshihashi. You're welcome. Fantasy Nightmare Book. So I, I've loved this whole journey with, with Tamatonga. It's it's been really cool. I know part of that story means he had to beat my boy Jay White, but that's cool. It happens. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's it's working. I knew he was going to lose here, but he looked awesome in defeat. And, yeah, I, I want to see what he does next. It's obviously going to be a, a bit of a Jay White program. So, yeah, I thought it was great. I don't know, man. Did you catch on to the whole, you know, storyline of what Okada's doing with the moves and stuff? I didn't really glom onto like I know you mentioned it here for this match, but I don't think I really paid attention to it till the commentators mentioned a lot of that stuff on the final night with his stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, because I'm I usually don't. This <laughs> is gonna sound bad. I don't pay too much attention to Carter's entrances and things, and all that these robes and stuff. Uh, I don't know. You caught me out. I'm not a huge like a. Uh, a Carter fan, so like that's that's, that's where I am with that. Well, it's like Anoki's It's pretty cool is though. What he's using, yeah. you know, is that so it's just it's like a superpower that only he has, and that's important going forward. Yep, I think it's good because if it gets him a, a direction and more importantly, like some kind of character, uh, that'd be that'd be awesome. Uh, well, I say that like unless he's going for the title, like or or in the title scene. You know that quite, the Akata that's in that limbo is is not my How favorite Akata. How long has Okada. it been though, Luke? I mean, it's been it's a been long a while. time since we've seen. It's, we it's don't, been you a while. know, I don't care Akata. He's been on fire. I know. So. It's, it's. I have to admit, it's been a while since I ragged on him too. So uh, he's been pulling out some great shit. I got no complaints as well because uh, he he made me happy on the last night of the G one. So uh, let's get into our final match of the night. It is Billy Goat versus Tetsuya Naito. And my my first note after I watched this match was poor Naito fans. Yeah. Man, poor Naito fans. This match is great. Uh, what I really like is, uh, see, I love those, like, elbows and all that kind of shit that Naito does where he just grabs the wrist, just lays in those elbows and stuff. Osprey's taped up, like, ma- like major on his back, upper back and back of his neck. So Naito's going to target at that. In fact, that's what he does because Naito pulls out one of my favorite slash most scary forms of a Naito match. He usually does these with a bushi, which is the fuck your neck match. And that's what he does to Will Ospreay. It is fuck your neck big time. 
and Naito will just like weaken the shit out of Osprey, and Osprey will just like just fire back. Usually, the way he does his comebacks with it's with these oh, I love these hook kicks, just like boom. You just don't see him coming. Like you'll just see the front, the, the guy, the, the you know, you'll just see Naito standing there. Next thing you know, you see a foot just come right around the side, right into the side of his head, boom, multiple times. It's a thing Osprey does I really like because uh, like Ishii will do it with like the Inziguri and stuff or uh, and things like that. But for for Billy, it's that that fucking hook kick that usually turns the tide. And then. <clears throat> Look, there's lots of awesome shit that's happening in this match, which you're just probably going to do a lot more justice than me. But I just want to point out my favorite thing I think I might have ever seen in my life that was absolutely fucking amazing and incredible. And Tetsuya Naito does a fucking poison runner. I don't know if he was on the middle rope or was he on the top. I think it was top. Top rope. Yeah, top rope poison runner on Will Ospreay, which to me was the poisonest of the poison runners I've ever seen. And uh, since uh, the land down under, Australia, has all, all the most poisonous shit in the world in it, I, I, I now dub that top rope poison runner Naito does as the Australian runner. Yeah, it, I like it. The, the <laughs> Dude, and that was like after he pulled that move out, I'm just like, oh, fuck. All right. Nice Okada, we expected that. All right, let's fucking go. But that's not what happens. It's fucking Billy. He fucks Naito up, manages to hit the movie, hasn't hit all tournament, the Stormbreaker. And everyone's hopes are dashed because Tetsuya Naito is not winning this year's G1. And it, it is devastating. Oh, I was, oh, well, at least not for me. I, I like Naito, but. Naito fans are going to be mega devastated. Andy, this match is fucking balls, bananas, amazing, awesome. (laughs) It is. It's going to be on the DVD cover. Balls, bananas, wicked, awesome. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I don't know what DVD that is, but uh, I'm buying it. So um, this this match is just (coughs) tremendous. you know, I know Will does very well in this match. Like, he does some awesome selling and stuff. Like, in particular, like, when Naito's doing those elbows, like, he doesn't bump. He just, like, collapses, you know? <laughs> it's really great. Um, you know, Naito's obviously attacking his neck, and Will has it all taped up. He stole Yoshihashi's tape and put it all over his neck. So, um, but I kind of want to talk about the finish, because the finish I watched, like, 20 times, because it was so awesome, man. This finish is great. So what happens is that Will, he goes for, uh, like, okay, well, let's start back here. There's there's a Stormbreaker attempt, but Nida reverses it into Destino, which is a very obvious and very cool, uh, like, you know, reversal move that's so good. I love it. And then Will goes for Hidden Blade, but no, it's a Destino for two, right? So then Nido sets up perfect for the Blade from Will, kind of like losing his fit- footing after he, he, he goes for Destino, he misses it, right? And then he, like, sets up like he's like he's stumbling. But that's in order to get down on one knee so that Will can hit the, the blade right to his face, which is fucking – I don't – I don't know what to call that, but it's not it's not ring awareness. It's it's beyond that. It's not, posi- you know, correct positioning. It's adjusting um, your entire 
I, it's it's instinctual shit, instinctual adjustments to make everything look great. And I mean, I, I don't understand. Naito didn't even he knew the moves coming, right? But I mean, like he set up so cool. I, just go watch that again. Like anybody, just watch what he does during this finish. It is just like, like extrasensory wrestling perception. Yes, I don't. I've never. I mean, this is the kind of stuff he does. This reminded me a lot of him versus Jay White from a couple years ago, where. You know, Naito was just so tremendous in that match, doing like fake botches and all kinds of stuff. And like, he didn't get that far into it in this match, but that finish, whoo, that's one of the coolest things ever. I love this match. Um, you know, I recommended it to friends because I was like, this is this is top notch. I liked it a lot more than I liked the uh, Okada Tamatanga match, just because I had a little Agreed. more, you know, uh, fan you know feeling about this one. I think, but uh, you know, it, it's. It's great. Go watch this if you haven't. I mean, it is especially that finish is one of the coolest things ever. Maybe everything from the the poison or the Australia Rana on is just some of the coolest shit ever. But after the match, we get, uh, you know, Will on the mic and he's like he puts himself over for his recovery from the kidney infection. And it's a little, you know, it's like, calm down, buddy. You know, we, we've heard about this. People told us so you don't have to scream at us about it. And he's kind of pissy. You know, and it's just, I don't know, like, I think they need to control him more with his mic stuff because it's like they they gain some traction and then he gets on the mic and then it, he takes himself back two steps. You know, that's just the yeah. way it seemed to me. But uh, he also uh, I can't remember if it was on the mic there or if it was in his backstage comments, but he announces there's another member of United Empire coming and. You know, New Japan has announced these European shows, England shows, I think is where they're at. And it's uh, called Royal Quest. So maybe that's where that's going to happen. I'm not sure. Um, commentary did a really, you know, good job, I guess. They're trying to put Will over as a good person, which is not necessary. Maybe don't do that. But I understand why <laughs> they're doing that. And then yes. I did notice that Chris Charlton was a uh, little, little excited for his, uh, you know, his I guess he's from England too, you know, so he really wanted Will to win this. <laughs> he was yeah. like losing his mind over it. But man, what a great semifinals. I was fired up. Those two semifinals matches were just as good as it gets, you know, so I'm excited to see what happens next. I also think like uh, Billy versus Naito had more of a, well, either man could win than Okada Tamatonga did. Yes, so that's true. Well, and it was the first time. I don't, I don't. <clears throat> I don't know if it was their first that, time. Was, yeah, it was the first time they'd wrestled in a single. Can you believe that? I mean, I'm like, of course, they've probably met each other in tag matches and shit at the Wazoo, but like, can you believe that's like their first fucking singles match? Like, they've been they've been saving it, you know. So and it, and it works when you save stuff like that. That's a big deal. And this is the beginning of their you know singles fights against each other. They'll probably have many more, hopefully. So. Well, speaking of saving things for when they're fresh and exciting, here's night twenty of the. Uh, and the final night of the uh, G1 Climax 32, we start the match off with All of House of Torture versus Team Bishamon and Yo and Ishii. Oh, look, it's Chaos versus fucking House of Torture. Oh, look, yeah. um, Yo and Sho on separate fucking... Look, I know I can be a bit, like, scant on my notes sometimes, and, like, that's just how I roll, Mr. Andy, and we seem to be fine with how we do things. But I didn't write many notes for this match at all because I fucking, you know, I, I've seen this before. Just please, 
please, Mr. Andy. This is how you start your last night of the G1. The match I've seen a million times, followed by another match I've seen at least a million times in this very G1. Ah, oh, it's frustrating, but yes, uh, Yo sadly pins Dick Togo with uh, no direct drive whatever. That's right. And then next we get the mighty don't kneel versus <coughs> Team Filthy again. This is like the seventh time or something. So uh, Jonas slashes Lawler. Is that what that's? I don't know what that means. Uh, to break up, I don't know. He splashes Lawler to break up a four <laughs> leg lock, which is the thing. Jonas super over. He hits a torpedo on I Isaacs. Uh, there's respect after the match, and I wrote Jonah is over like three times, so he's super over. I hope that he comes back and gets that, you know, I mean, well, we'll talk about what could be next after the show, I guess, so. I, I might have kept it out of my voice, but let's just say, like, I mean, I'm, I'm as excited for Jonah being over because he's a fellow Aussie as I am for Chris Charlton being excited for, I guess, the G1 final that uh, is happening tonight, so. Why don't you talk like that? this all the time now for no reason? You know, you should talk like So that. many ways Hanare won't <laughs> ever get wins. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, Chase Alwyn's uh, bad luck Fale and rock hard. Juice Robinson versus Aaron Hanare and Okan on the cob. This is a fun time and uh, I do like seeing <laughs> I know. I want Hanari to do well because I feel like he's 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 proved a lot. He's doing he's doing great, and even though they're making him, they're presenting him as more of a badass, he's getting about as many wins as he always ever did. <laughs> it's just frustrating to me, dude. But I did laugh seeing him in the Tonga massage because I fucking love the Tonga massage move. It makes me laugh every time. This is really cool stuff, but there's like a real surprise ending here where. Uh, Rockhard's coming off the top rope. Jeff Cobb catches him in midair. <laughs> and it's about, like, you've already seen him do gigantic Tour of the Islands in this very tournament. And he saves the biggest, gnarliest Tour of the Islands for the last night uh, in a in a tag match. It was freaking awesome. That was probably... Like the biggest highlight of the match. It was it's it was fine. It was fun. There was not much to say about it, but that fucking finish. Mwah. Yeah, that's great. Well, next we have Lou uh, 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 Lij, excuse me, and uh, Archer in the tag. So yeah, Zack uh, <laughs> Saber Jr. wants Naito, and Naito avoids him, and it's hilarious. And Pex pops, and they do push ups, and Sonata admits defeat only to roll up Tai Chi. What a son of a bitch. And uh, Zack Sabre Jr. finally gets a hold of Naito and chokes him out on the floor. This match is really great. Tai Chi gets a pin on Bushi, and Suzuki Goon beat everybody up. Zack Sabre Jr. throws an ice bag at Naito, and it's a direct hit in the face, which is really funny. <laughs> and then, we didn't say it, but the night bef- the night that uh, you know Zack Sabre Jr. got defeated and threw his big tantrum, they started playing baseball with the the... <laughs> With the uh, bags of ice in a chair. And so Naito wanted That's to right. play again, but uh, Zack Sabre Jr. wasn't having it. So, uh, and, uh, but Luke, after this, this is when we get our break and we get our huge announcements. I mean, every time during the G1 finals, this is when we get like, you know, big show announcements, stuff like that. What, what happened? What was announced? All right. Uh, just to go back to that previous match, uh, even Lance Archer was peck popping. Everyone be peck popping. Anyway. Uh, we have dates for, 
I don't have them all the dates written down except for I can't remember what the, the Stardom what? New Japan date, show date is. So you'll have to October help 28th. Me out there. Thank you. So on October 28th in New York, there'll be a joint Stardom slash New Japan Pro Wrestling pay per view. Uh, yeah, I'll get that. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Nice. All right, that's settled. And also, they did announce that on January 4th will be Wrestle Kingdom. And then January 5th will be Wrestle Kingdom night. No, it's New Year's Dash. Yay! So we're going back to the one night of Wrestle Kingdom, which is it's good for Andy and I because it'll be a lot easier to cover and less exhausting and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like it's also good for New Japan Pro Wrestling. It makes Wrestle Kingdom more special. Yes. Yes. It'll be seven hours long, just like it used to be, yeah. which is great. It's one day, you know what I mean? And everything matters and you won't have these like two day tournament things and stuff. I don't like that. The like, you know, the, whatever the tournament for the gold and all that shit. I didn't like that at all. It's like, just like, it's about singles matches. It's about one singles match. That's what wrestle Kingdom is about. Not two or three. It's about one, the biggest night of the year. So I love this. I'm so happy that new year's dash is back. I was expecting some announcements about I thought they were going to do two, three nights again. And one of the nights would be versus AEW because I just feel like that, you know, there's going to be lots of AEW guys on Wrestle Kingdom or at least a few, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, they didn't announce anything else. And it kind of felt like, oh, well, that's cool about Wrestle Kingdom and, and the Stardom show. But like, that's all you got. Yeah, it's, it's exciting stuff. And I guess they want. They don't want to take too much focus away from uh, the finals, I guess, of tonight. Because, yeah, I, I was expecting maybe some story stuff to happen tonight in a lot of the tags and stuff. I know they set up some potential title matches and things. But I don't know. I just I, Did you think we might get a bit of, like, some surprisey story stuff as well? Yeah. Or Yeah, I yeah. mean, last year we got the whole Shibata thing, you know, and – I mean, there usually there's run-ins and stuff, and I mean none of that happens. So, I mean, Which we get a, we it. It sounds like we're complaining, but but uh, it's not really a complaint. Uh, like tonight's the last night of the G1. Maybe apart from the first two matches or three, I guess it changes from the Naito Takers match. From from there on, it's it's all pretty much killer shit. And next we've got uh, Shingo and Hiromu Takahashi versus El Fantasmo and Kentar. And I, I like uh there's they're finding new ways to fucking use this book in, in the match as well. Because uh <laughs> they give Hiromu a freaking paper cut with Kenta's book. So that's pretty fucking funny. And uh look, th- this match is super fun, and as soon as you tell me that uh Alphantasmo should win, he does. <laughs> By punching Shingo right in the fucking balls and rolling him up. So, uh, King of Pro Wrestling time. Look, this match was awesome. All four men have great chemistry together. Uh, they seem to be like, yeah, they want to hit each other hard every now and again, but they just seem to like really want to have a fun, super cool, fucking good match. And that's what this is. At the end of the match, uh, Shingo and Hiromu are fucking off, but uh, they've got the book. And Shingo tosses the book in the air into the ring and the dust jacket flies off. And this is amazing because Shingo tears the fucking dust jacket and K- 
Kenta is just fucking beside himself in shock. <laughs> El Fantasmo sees that Chris Charlton has a copy of the book on commentary, so he grabs Chris Charlton's book and hands the dust jacket back to Kenta and says, here, you can have this stinky one back. And that was just mwah, absolutely fucking amazing. Just like the whole Kenta book stuff. See, I don't know. I feel like Kenta's got a, a, a run at the top in him if he doesn't get like seriously hurt dying in a Tanahashi match or something. Because he's funny, but he's also like a killer as well. Like you could believe yeah. he'll just kill, beat the shit out of you, right. and just kill you. But he's just got this really great sense of humor and a great personality. And just, it's, man, they had someone that, 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 that company in America had him for like five years and they couldn't yep. see the creativity they had in this motherfucker. Like, get out of here. Well, you know, I mean, the best heel characters are the ones that can get egg on their face all the time and are still a legit threat. And that's so yeah. hard to do. Kenta just nails it. It's fantastic. So, well, Luke, next we have Tanahashi and Finley versus the Good Brothers. And this is fantastic. Carl and Finley do just tremendous pro wrestling and you see wow, so when you come to Japan, you try a lot harder <laughs> to do it other places. It's fantastic. Thomas Hashi's in there, and he gets beat up. And Finley gets a big hot talk, tag and runs wild until um, the Good Brothers double-team him. Uh, then I was like, when's Yano going to run in? Because he wasn't in the situation. Then he does. He runs in and squirts water and stuff all over them, and Gallows chases him off. But then this allows... Tanahashi to be alone with uh, Carl Anderson. He hits a high fly flow and pins Anderson. He's going to bring back the never title, Luke. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I think a lot of people, when this match like started, it was just like, wait, it makes sense for someone to pin Carl Anderson in this match. But wait, Finn, doesn't Finley have a U.S. title shot? Like, what's going on here? And they make you actually think that he's going to go for that too, go for the pin and stuff. He gets, But he gets a stunner. There's a sling blade. And like Finley's like, go for it, man, go for it. And Tana does the high fly flow. And I'm like, wait. All right. We're not too far away from the 10th year anniversary of the Never Open title. <laughs> and all right, I thought you were going we to lead to maybe another Tamatonga Carl Anderson match, but I guess we've done that. We're moving on, and he's Tamatong uh, uh, is moving up for a little while in the in the big leagues. So um, Tanahashi is the next Never Champ, especially with the way he's been wrestling in the G1. Do you see what he did yeah. to fucking Goto? <laughs> uh, I want the I want the Never Champ Never Title on him more than maybe he than when he had it the first time. I'm like, yeah. This guy will fucking beat the shit out of you. He's a handsome man, but he will, he will hurt you if he has, if he has to. That was fucking cool shit. Sorry, I uh, I know we usually just go straight no. to the next tag match, but that's some never shit. Yeah, that's and awesome. I like I mean, talking that... never title. <laughs> well, we're talking we were talking about how we wanted some story stuff, so here we are. We got a little bit of it. There we go. And uh, speaking of story stuff, uh, this is something we both expected to happen, and uh, well. We wanted it to happen anyway, <laughs> didn't we? We didn't we? I hope so. It is Kushida and Tamatonga versus Switchblade Jay White and Taiji Ishimori. And I just want to say, like, this match is amazing. And 
awful men have <laughs> like killer chemistry and I'm super excited because when I started watching New Japan in 2017 that was towards the end of like Kushida's run in New Japan Pro Wrestling and I don't watch I don't watch the American shows I, I, I watch AW but you know those guys for the owners that are assholes I don't watch that company so if you go over there um, I'm not gonna see shit so I didn't, I didn't really see any of his shit for the last five years. I, I know Kushida's great. I've seen really good Kushida matches. You've introduced me to some of them, but this is, I'm, I'm just so excited because now he's back and I get to get into him. I guess, oh, I guess for the first time almost. So when uh, <clears throat> Kushida pins Ishimori, big smile on my face. I really want that singles match. It's gonna be fucking amazing. Uh, when <laughs> post-match. I, when I don't is know. the match, though? Like, that's, I thought it was on this night. Like, I thought that's what they originally announced, is that it would be nah. on the night of the G1 finals. But uh, we don't know when this fucking match is going to be. They probably told us. I just zoned out or yeah. something. I don't know. That might have happened, but uh, post-match, we've got uh, Jay helping uh, Ishimori put Kushida in the bonal lock. Tama saves him, and uh, Kushida puts the lock on. And uh, as he's got the lock on, uh, on uh, Ishimori, Tamatonga finds uh, a certain IWGP World Heavyweight title, and he's like, "Oi, Jay White, I'm I'm going to challenge you." So there you go. There's a bit of story stuff there too. So that's yeah, yeah. bit of a long way to say I'm excited for Kushida. <laughs> Did you see Ref Chumpy's reaction to Tama holding the title up? He was like, "No," <laughs> told him no. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he's like, that's not yours. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. I love that. But uh, before the, the main event, we get uh, Masahiro Chono and Tanahashi joining Japanese commentary. And we get like a big promo video for the main event. It's pretty cool. Yes, we do. And we get entrances and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know what? Going back to what we would do, the way I ordered the, the, the previous night shows. Man, I should have had you just do Naito and uh, Billy Goat first. But uh, I'll make up for that right now with uh, the main event, the end of the G1 Climax 32, a match that had me on the edge of my seat, probably because I didn't want one guy to win. And I thought, uh, I guess I guess I can't. So <laughs> uh, this is edge of your seat, fucking thrill ride. Some of the best you've ever seen, Miss Sandy. What do you think of Akata versus Will Ospreay? All right, strap in. So <clears throat> we get a special entrance for Will too. That's almost like yeah. he's a title belt because it like shows his history, like he's the title belt. You know how we see the title belt history? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. So um, you know, Will Ospreay versus Okada for the G1 Finals, man. Uh, they do the main event feeling out stuff and Will and Okada, they struggle to control the pace. And that's something cool about this match is that, you know, it's about styles difference as well as, you know, many other things. But uh, Okada does his rope break thing, you know, where usually we find out whether he's going to be a heel or a face in that match. And uh, he is real mean right away and just punches will and it's great and uh he baits will to the floor and hits two of his ddts and it's fuck your neck luke i mean he was watching he knows what's oh up. yeah so will osprey comes back and hits okada off the 
with a corner dropkick thing. And uh, then Will hits an absolutely insane dive that is like some Phoenix splash looking thing, like to the floor. Like, what the fuck was that? That was crazy. That was awesome, man. Uh, so Will starts working oh, on Okada's yeah. neck area. He's like, fuck my neck. No, fuck your neck. And Okada cuts him off with a huge back body drop and follows up with the flapjack, my least favorite move. So uh, there's a money <laughs> clip and another for a rope break spot. Okada gets the elbow drop and calls for the Rainmaker already, just like he did in the Tama match. It's like, oh, wow, okay. Uh, Will gets out of it, and Okada responds by hitting the best Irish whip I think I've ever seen. And it's just <laughs> it's amazing. And Will's selling like a fucking badass. Uh, Okada starts like punching him in the corner, which is great. Will fires up and hits a bunch of chops and kicks. And Okada fires up for himself for a shotgun drop kick. And Will comes right back with a lariat for a double down. On the apron now, uh, they want uh, Will wants to hit a pile driver, but gets back body dropped again. And Okada tries a landslide to the to the floor again. <laughs> Okada's like he's like, listen, I want to finish this, and that's how he's been in some of these matches where he's like, listen, I'm gonna kill you right now if you don't just let me pin you. So I guess you gotta die. Um, but he's trying, <laughs> he, he's trying the landslide to the floor, but hook kick and uh, an apron off cutter. And Will, uh, he, he slips on uh, something. Oh, he slips. That's what it was. Okay, so he hit this os cutter by kind of hitting the corner ropes on the outside and bouncing backwards. And he totally slipped, like completely slipped. But it still looks amazing because it almost looked like it, it, like during his flight, his brief flight in the air, he took a more direct path to Okada. So it looked like more devastating, even though he screwed up. That's fucking amazing, man. I, Wow. That was, that was really great. So um, that yeah, causes Okada, you know, to be on the outside and he gets in for a count out spot and camera didn't quite do this as perfect as they usually do. I like it when it's a, a tight shot of whoever's getting back in the ring. And then all of a sudden Will Ospreay comes flying out of nowhere for the like coast to coast drop kick. They kind of had a wide shot for it. Not as effective, but still awesome. There's a flying forearm to the back of Okada's neck and an os cutter for two. Stormbreaker, but Okada reverses it into a Rainmaker, and Will won't go down. So Okada just hits another for a double down, and Okada keeps wrist control. This is very similar to the night before, right? They run the ropes, and Okada drop kicks Will out of the air on an Oscutter attempt. I love that. And Will comes back with crazy strikes. He tries Blade, but uh, there's all these reversals, and he he also did this on the first uh, in in his Naito match. He busted out this move that's like. It looks like he's setting up for like the bastard driver thing, you know, but it's like oh, yeah, and he crosses the legs at the top. Yeah, it's a cross leg reverse styles clash. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's it's very strange, um, but it's cool as hell. So there's a hidden blade, but Okada kicks out and then Will goes up for a high fly flow. Wait a second. Then a Styles Clash. Remember that story from the other night where these guys are dipping into their, uh, you know, their pass to try to, you know, yeah. New Japan pass to try to win a match. He sets up for a V trigger and gets it. And he tries the one winged angel, but Okana turns it into a landslide and a rainmaker for two. And the roof is about to come off the damn place. Okada, he's going for another Rainmaker, but he hits a German suplex instead. And Will counters the another Rainmaker attempt with a standing Spanish fly. No momentum. One step Spanish fly. How? 
that is impossible, but they do it. I don't, I, I don't understand. <laughs> so that was like, what? It reminded me of that time that last time they wrestled when Okada, they're hitting the ropes going hundred miles an hour and uh, Will Ospreay, oh, he like Okada goes for a drop kick and Will Ospreay just power bombs him. It reminded me of that where it was like, how, how did you do that? I don't understand. So that was so cool. Big Bouye spot is so great. And they, it builds, builds and Okada is he's woozy. He's he's maybe he's hurt, you know, neck breaker over the knee. And Okada tries the old New Japan move sequence that we talked up about. But there's a pop up elbow and then it's but here's the deal. So basically, you know, <laughs> this pop up elbow happens, but Okada hits the Cobra Flosion, but he like spins around before he hits it. And it's wild rainmaker for the win. Tradition wins, Luke. Mm hmm. Dude. This match was awesome. I fucking I fucking loved it. This apparently gets gets to like the 33, 35 minute mark or something like that. I didn't feel I like didn't that notice. to me. No, I didn't, didn't notice. notice. And here's me saying I didn't notice in a it, it with a guy in this match who I've said slows down matches at the start big time a lot of the time. That's Okada. So here's me going. Yeah, that's out the window. He's pulling out bangers right from the fucking opening bell all the way to the end. This match was absolutely incredible. Uh, so, yeah, Carter's got the I'm going to use uh, Legends of the Past moves to fucking help me secure my wins. And Will Ospreay's like, how did people beat Okada? Oh, he's lost to the High Fly Flow. I'll try that. Oh, he's lost to the Stars Clash. I'll try that. Uh, it sets up that V trigger at, you know, the one winged angel is a hard move to hit, even for Kenny Omega. Like, it takes him ages <laughs> to be able to hit that move, right? Uh, ELP's been trying for fucking two years to hit that move and no <laughs> dice. So, uh, Will Ospreay try his first time trying to hit that move? He's not going to hit the one ring angel and he doesn't. And I think. Uh, even the commentators were saying it, and I kind of agree. Like that was the the I think the moment where the momentum kind of changed, and uh, and and uh, kind of probably probably shifted. He probably had uh, flashbacks to being against Kenny Omega, and like, all right, now I've got to pull up, pull out my god tier level level shit. He's I don't know. He's kind of in another league. <laughs> I have to admit. Well, what? Remember last year. His whole gimmick was, I'm going to use the money clip. I'm not going to use the Rainmaker. Yeah. So, like, Okada's been on this journey to, to find these moves. And maybe that's why he's been studying the New Japan history and stuff. I mean, like, it's just, we, we always struggle and whine and complain about when stories don't make sense. Obviously, that doesn't happen to us too much because we watch New Japan where stories make sense. But when they make this much sense, it's like... It's on a whole other level. I mean, this is this is tremendous pro wrestling story. Maybe one of the best character story things ever. This is incredible. Yeah. And dude, that money clip J1 last oh man, that's that frustrated me, but I even gave props to him using the money clip in some of these matches against the big men. Like that he like he beat Farley with that move and I and I was just like, Yep. That makes sense to me. That like like I feel like I feel like after seeing that match, the money clip <laughs> clicked for me. And every subsequent match in which he's used it, 
I haven't been like, oh, fucking Marty Cliff. I've been like, yeah, all right. So maybe I needed to, maybe it's happened for other people sooner where they've seen a situation <laughs> where they kind of been like, all right, now it's clicked for you guys. And if it had, that's fine. But you had to wait a lot longer for me to kind of click and be like, all right, I guess I just needed to need it, needed that Farley man. Thanks, Farley. Thank you so much. He, he had a great G1 too. Farley was great. He had a fucking great G1. Um, yeah, after the match, Luke Okada says that the G1 isn't a stepping stone. And he's like, he basically has come around to say that he should automatically be in the main event of uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And then, like, he says, like, so if other people want to be in the main event, they should go for the title, not for my briefcase. He's basically, like, saying the briefcase idea, I don't want to do that. I'm also wondering if he's going to bring back the title like he did last year and be the G1 champion. Because that gimmick was awesome. I love that. Seems like it's a little different this year, but uh, we'll see. You know, the other big question out there is, what about Jonah? Yeah. Now, if he's not going to want to take challenges for his title or for his briefcase, uh, what's Jonah going to do? I don't know. Do you think? Do you think like they know he's over now, and they can put Jonah on Simmer just for a little bit? And then uh, have him work with Tito for World Tag League or something like that. Maybe establish him more. Or do you think they'll... I don't know. He doesn't have a program right now. And you've got to have a car to do something on the way to Wrestle Kingdom, don't you? Yeah. It'd be interesting if Okada refuses to face him. And he has to face Jay White. <laughs> that would be great. But, you know, I'm interested to see what they do with that. Cause I think Jonah is owed uh, a shot at that uh, G one briefcase thingy, if that's what they choose to do with it. Um, but uh, you know, one thing I do want to mention before we forget, cause we did forget to, to mention this because it, no one told us about it. I mean, like what the fuck man is that I turn on the sh- this show, the finals. Right. And, and yeah. like it's 15 minutes before the show and, and jam project are f- wrapping up their live performance of over the max. I didn't know. No one told us. So we missed it. And and they came out to present the, you know, the flowers and, and the flag and all that stuff to Okada. And it's like, man, I mean, Jam Project, they really got jammed this year. You know, <laughs> they jammed themselves, man. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Did I laugh the first time I heard fighting with a real sword? Yeah. Yes, I did. I, 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 I yeah. laughed. But that by by like in in no time at all that I would tweet that tweety that at the start of every fucking New Japan show fighting with a real sword let's go I was just fucking excited I really liked that goofy funny line and I really loved that fucking song uh, Max the Max it, that's probably why we use it I think <laughs> you liked it more than Over the Max too which is why we're using it for the G1 Climax 32 and I kind of hope that unless they manage to outdo max the max let's just keep that song for the g1 forever yeah because yeah, uh, it's man, the fucking you know, best man it was under Not the max only that. this year I, they say it's over the max but you can't max the max dude you can't over max the max you can only under so here's, why even try how bad this song is here's how bad this song is all right max the max happens all right and uh i do a really dumb but really fun to do poetry reading of it and yeah. I was like, I had a really good time because we had full English translations. 
we didn't have full English translations for the best of the Super Junior song, but we had enough English lyrics and plus maybe a rant of mine about Yo Story to, to add in there. That was ex- <laughs> it could be anyone or anything, dude, but you just yeah. depressed. All right. There's nothing wrong with being depressed. You know what I mean? And, and you know, so I did a, a bit of a reading there. But uh, this year, it was almost entirely in Japanese. And the poetry reading would probably be like, you got it uh, over the max. I say, almost said you got to max the max. <laughs> that was the previous one. So, okay. Yeah, see? I mean, that's what you're saying. I agree with you. Yeah. I'm preaching to the choir, aren't I? That's usually what we're doing on the show, you know. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if our opinions differed way too much, we probably wouldn't have been like, maybe we should do a podcast. Be strengthening each other. Well, you know, Luke, tell me, you know, what are your final thoughts on the G1 Climax 32? And what do you think about all that's happened? I mean, you know, tell me all about it. All right. So, and by the way, before I start, uh, let's just pretend, even if I forget, that I've already asked you what you think after I finish talking. Because I'll oh, always okay. be like, thanks thanks for asking me, Luke. And I'll be like, oh, fuck, I forgot. Yeah. That's my gimmick. <laughs> I'm pre-stealing your shit before you think of me stealing your shit for you or something. Extra sensory wrestling perception. Uh, <laughs> dude, I love this G1. Uh, did all the finishes go my way? No. Did I get what I wanted in every match? No. And I'm looking at you, Naito, Zack Sabre Jr. I understand what they're doing. But, you know, I wanted my 20 minutes with those two. And, yes, they went safe with the, the with who won and all that kind of stuff. But I felt like the match – I know they got twi- tired towards the end, but I felt like the match quality was a high of a high standard and really good for – most of the G1, like like they're fatigued and set in too often. I, I loved it. It was only a few maybe dud nights. You're going to get that depending on the combination. But, yeah, this is the most fun G1 I've had since we've, we've been covering G1s, and it might be maybe my favourite G1 since my first G1, which is the G127. So I fucking love this show. These shows, covering it with you, has been an absolute blast. <laughs> It's very time consuming. So but but worth it. Like there's been twenty G one shows, everyone, and this is our tenth G one podcast covering those twenty fucking shows. So I guess that shows how much we love it and love doing the podcast and, and ten podcasts in twenty and, days. That's right. Over and the shows max. Good. It shows how good the fucking G1 was because none of these episodes, I was just like, oh, God, I've got to squeeze this in. Oh, God, I've got to fit this in before the next show. Every time, I was fucking jacked up and excited to talk to you about the fucking tournament. And what more could you want? What do you think? Well, let's run down some of these wrestlers here, okay? So, you know, let's talk about who did what. So let's talk about one of the wrestlers that usually we don't like watching wrestle and that's Yujiro Takahashi 
he had a great G1, man. Like most of his matches were a lot of fun, right? I can't Agreed. think of any that I hated. So uh, David either. Finley crushed it, right? David Finley had amazing, you know, he accomplished feats. Like his his story and character progressed. I mean, I guess that's really the question. Did these guys either have amazing match quality or did they, you know, progress their character or both? You know, Finley became so, a threat because right. his three his three wins were all high profile ones. And speck them. You know, yeah. So, speck. Uh, you know, Chase Owens, he had a great tournament. I don't really like him that much, but it's fine. You know, uh, Tama Tonga had a massive tournament. I mean, how this was a huge stepping stone for him going forward with his, you know, whole life as a wrestler and everything. Um, Absolutely. Lance Archer, tremendous. You know, I had some issues with him at some points, but I mean, overall, he was great. He also, like, on night, the night before, uh, on the semifinal night, he, like, got on the mic, or maybe it was the final night. He got on the mic, was like, oh, I'll be back, Japan. This isn't goodbye. This is just see you later. And it's like, okay, dude, you're not the main character. Okay. Take it easy. So, anyway, but he, uh, he had a great tournament, you know, I mean, the yep. Cobb match was unbelievable. His Okada match was great. And I'm sure he did other stuff. I can't think of that was great. You know, um, Fale crushed it, you know, I, Absolutely. I mean, you know, Goto, he was there. He had a <laughs> couple matches. He got beat up by Tanahashi. That was cool. Yoshihashi had a couple really good matches. I mean, and then all, you know, all your big guys did everything too. I mean, I don't know. I just thought it was like a, it was a great tournament for almost every. I mean, even Ref Chumpy got points, you know. So it was yeah. pretty great. Zack Saber Jr. Tremendous tournament. I mean, like his character advanced, and he had tremendous match qualities. Hinare beat Tanahashi. He didn't need to do any. I said when yeah. he beat Tanahashi, I said to you, man, he doesn't need to do anything else this tournament because he beat Tanahashi. And wow, I feel bad for saying that, Mister Hanare, because until <laughs> you did this tournament, but. <laughs> Beating Tanahashi, even mid-40s Tanahashi, is still a big fucking deal. Uh, Yano had a tremendous tournament doing hilarious shit, of course. Uh, You know, Shingo. (laughs) Yes, that was tremendous. Shingo was like a stepping stone for ELP in this tournament. And he also, you know, had a lot of really great matches, too. Uh, Jay Hawaito, of course, crushed it. Remember, he had a, a match with Ishii that was one of the kind of first like mega awesome matches of the tournament um you know i just i don't tai chi tai chi was like ultra baby face in this tournament and he was so awesome i wish he would have won more uh jeff cobb was <laughs> jeff cobb and just pushed it forward even more with everything he's doing sonata was in the tournament and uh <laughs> you know tanahashi and okada did their thing too i mean it, it's I thought everybody did everything that they needed to do. I think that the person who maybe had the the most lackluster tournament was Tom Lawler. And part of that's not his fault. Part of it's just kind of like, I don't know. It would be really hard to think of a bunch of different big man, little man matches. You know what I mean? Like that was, that's a big challenge. And so I understand why some of his matches were just kind of like, meh, but he also got destroyed a lot. And that I might affect like his performance quite a bit. So I feel like his uh, creativity shone through. Like, I love him on commentary. He's fucking, out of all the wrestlers Kevin Kelly had on commentary for the G1, Tom Lawler was the best. 
especially when he was selling that kick from uh, Osprey. But, uh, you know, you've seen Okada wrestle everyone, so seeing him wrestle the Giants is like an interesting, different kind of thing. Maybe I would have, maybe a more varied weight class would have been a better showcase for him. But when he was able to show his creativity in the ring, his matches against Okada, that Okada match against uh, that was great. All yeah, was, was fucking great. incredible. Uh, and I think Yano's best match was my favorite Yano match of the tournament was against uh, Filthy Tom. So. I'll, I'll give him that too. And he just fucking crushed it with Jeff Cobb. He even beat Jeff Cobb. So, yeah. You know. Well, okay. Then maybe Goto. Maybe Goto's at the bottom of the list, right? What did he do? He beat yeah. Tanahashi. Yep. That's it. So, I will like, also okay. say, maybe in terms of confusion, and because I'm a big fan of him, even though no one else is, what are they doing with Evil Man? What are they doing? Yeah. Are they making yeah, him the evil comedy character? Too. If they're yeah. making him the evil comedy character, fine. You, maybe you need one of something like that. I don't know, but I like evil as a wrestler and as a heel, and I, I I want a bit of a direction for him. I was also a little baffled uh, by some of Kenta's booking as well. I feel like uh, he should have had a bit of a stronger showing, but he was awesome. He was absolutely on fire. His matches were great every single time. Yeah, match quality was always good. I mean, remember that match versus Naito from the other day? My God, you know, mm. there was uh, a lot of cool shit that Kenta did. I just, I mean, I don't know. I think everybody had a great tournament, so sorry for singling anybody out. But who do you think had the best tournament? Uh, well, in in terms of match quality, I, I would say... I put it up there with like a, I thought maybe Jay White, Naito, Okada, those three were just. Whew, you can see why they're yeah. three of New Japan's <laughs> top guys, but um, can I just say the one I want to shout out the most? Maybe it's because he's a fellow countryman and it's yeah, and all that. Yes, is I did not expect. Like, oh, I want everyone to succeed and get over and stuff, but I didn't expect Jonah to get over this this much, this huge, this big. I agree. This hard. Yeah, I think think he had the best tournament, at least story progression-wise, you know? Hell yeah. And his match quality was pretty decent, too. I remember saying early on in the tournament, because his first match was against Yano, I'm like, I'm not sure that's a show, big showcase. His second match was against Lawler. I know he won, but I'm like, yeah, that's kind of strong stuff. Like, yes. all right. But then it took off, <laughs> and it was great. But so. after that, it took off. He had great matches with Cobb, Archer, uh, Farley, uh, and oh, that absolute classic with Okada. That's one of the uh, – you, you mentioned that uh, you watched the end of uh, the Billy Naito match a few times. I watched the end of this Okada match a few times with Jonah because just listen to the crowd. They're going nuts. It's like, you know, Hanare only needed one – win and that that gets him over in the young stage of his career pretty good but they needed to get a big guy over they needed to get someone new over someone new someone interesting someone fresh Mm -hmm. and he didn't get pinned or submitted so that's good for his character and he pinned the g1 champion fuck yeah 
Yeah, I was gonna say I think Jonah had the best tournament. Like I said, I, I you like what, him so what? much. You haven't said Jonah Hex the whole show. Oh wow. Well, I'm still gonna call him every once. <laughs> that's, a term, that's a term of endearment, you know. So uh, kind of like Big Teats, you know, Jonah Hex, <laughs> Big Teats. What a team, you know. So uh, I, I just, I don't know. It was fun to get to know a few new wrestlers too. Uh, you know, we've seen Jonah on Strong like that one time or twice or whatever, but I didn't get him, and I don't remember him from WWE at all. Like I, I just mm-hmm. was reminded recently that he was in WWE, and I'm like, when? Like, I didn't ever see him, but I guess I just I haven't been watching for that long so um, that I never saw him there or something. Um, but he must have uh, been in man. and out because I haven't I haven't really watched the product. Much in the last oh, five or six years since well, I've got New Japan to keep me busy and then there's AEW if I want American style. So, like, what do I need them for? So, yeah, I didn't see any of his WWE stuff at all. None, none of it. Not a single second. Yeah, I didn't think, I don't, you know, I was surprised to find out that, that he was there, but uh, I found it out three different times and been surprised three different times. So that's, but now I'll remember. So we'll see when Strickland went to WWE, I was like, oh, I really like your shot. Oh, I'll never see him then. And then he leaves and then he goes to AEW and I'm like, oh, sweet. I get to enjoy Killshot again. That guy's great. But, Want to see yep. him and best of super juniors next year. That'd be tremendous, oh, you know. But, oh my god. Uh, you know, but we'll see what happens. So uh well Luke, I mean, we did the thing, you know. This is uh this is fun. It's sad to say goodbye, but I'm so happy that uh you know we get to do the show and I'm happy that we get to, you know, talk of do million podcasts in the month of the G one, it's the way it should be. And uh, I have to say this G one you know, it's cliche to say, but it's like, it feels like just another step in the direction that things are starting to be like they used to be. And you yeah. know, they had big crowds. They had uh, not one wrestler, uh, you know, well, had a injury that kept them out of a match other than Jay White's little heat stroke thing. And nobody got COVID. I mean, that's, that's a pretty major accomplishment there too. So uh, I don't know. This was uh, a blessed tournament. We'll just say. Yeah. Yep, it all kind of worked out. And uh, hey, who knows? Maybe they decided they got nervous when it was uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Naito time, and they were just like, "Look, uh, you got five, you got three minutes. <laughs> we do, we need Naito for the next night." So yeah, that was funny. <laughs> oh my god, I was hot at the hot at the time, but uh, seeing all the character stuff with Zack Sabre Jr. subsequently. Uh, I'm fine with it now. It was fine. Great G1. Fresh matchups. Exciting shit to come. Yeah, yeah. So what what is to come? We have like two weeks off and then there's something. I can't remember what it's called. It's called like fire or something, something like that. There's a New Japan show, like new tour coming up. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll tell Burning you what it spirit. is. Spirit. Burning spirit. There you go. It's, I knew it was something about being on fire. And that starts in um, in <laughs> September. So we got a little ways to go here. Um, but I'm assuming that's going to build to our uh, juniors title match, hopefully. Um, or that yep. will be on one of these shows. But it looks like we're going to have – this is like the old summer struggle deal where there's three billion shows. But I don't know how many are going to be televised. So we'll uh, 
we'll obviously be covering all those as well. And in the meantime, we'll probably do a Never Realm or two. And because uh, yeah. we got a little little break here, which is okay with me. Oh my goodness! <clears throat> like, yeah, there's no five shows to watch this week or anything super nuts. And uh, when the, when we'll come back in early September, the shows will be like uh, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe two or three. It won't be anything too gnarly like the G1. Well, How does the G1 There's feel a... like the gnarliest, most exhausting tournament there is, even though the best of Super Juniors is kind of the same thing? I feel I feel more well-rested now than I did during Super Juniors, I think. Um, but mm. then again, I don't know. This was a nice week. We already talked about it on another episode, the whole way they scheduled it and everything, and how that was very beneficial for us. So I know. It's hard letting go, isn't it? We've got nothing left to say. And... All right. All right, Mr. Andy. I'll let you edit and stuff. I'm sorry. It's over. <laughs> but uh, there's lots of exciting shit to come. Hey, and the Neville title's back. So uh, in, in Gato, yeah. we trust. Under the max. 